Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We got a special guest today, uh, a Drinking Bros alum, um, Max Martini, actor. And uh, you, you do a lot of stuff, but you've been in so many fucking movies. Holy shit. Yeah, do you, do you keep few. count of how many things you've been in? I, you know, I, I, I stopped. Uh, some of them I'd like to, uh, to forget <laughs> about. But, uh, but yeah, no, I've gotten around, man. Thankfully, I've been lucky. And you've been in uh, as many military movies as anybody I know. Uh, was was Saving Private Ryan the first one? Certainly the first big one. But it was, was that... the it was the first big one. It was uh, my first big one was Contact. Was a movie called Contact. Yeah, the first but, big movie, but I yeah. mean like military. But movie, first yeah. military film was was Saving Private Ryan and uh, big. I mean, yeah. blow your mind, big. I <laughs> I was uh, I was so proud to be part of it, and it really ended up shaping who I've become today. Oddly, you know, it, what was, do you mean? it was an impactful film for me. Like just, well, just like understanding the, cause you, you, the, that Omaha beach scene, every time I watch it or every time I used to play it in video games, right? Yeah. Like World War II video yeah. games. I'm like, how the fuck did we win this war? Yeah. It's crazy, right? I, I, you know, I would say that when I started that film, when I got that film, I was, I was in my twenties. I was in my early twenties. I really didn't have, um, an understanding of uh, much of that, really that war, you know. So I learned a lot being part of that film, but also like the the the, the you know necessity of war mm. or the presence of a military or the threat of war and how that sort of you know uh, secures your your freedom and and uh, you know. So I one story that I love to tell about Saving Private Ryan is that when we had the premiere, um, they had invited, Spielberg invited all these vets from that, you know, from that era. And I remember uh, sitting in the theater when that opening scene came on, mm -hmm. which I wasn't part of, so right. I was blown away by it. But I looked over and uh, these guys were just, I mean, weeping, tears yeah. weeping. And I remember thinking, wow, man. And, and the, there was an interesting article that came out after that, that movie opened talking about how that triggered a discussion, mm. you know, opened up a conversation amongst these veterans that had been sitting on that experience for so long. Not, not exactly the most talkative generation, right? I mean, they kind of just ate it. They, they came back they home and went to work and ate it. 100%. You know what I mean, for fucking 100%. 50 years. My grandfather, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Until finally somebody did this and, mm. and opened up the conversation a little bit. I mean, it's pretty wild. That, yeah. between Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers, those two pieces of material kind of reopened the conversation. We, we always think and talk about... Um, that stuff, but I think it was mostly fixated on anti-Nazism, right? That, right. that was, most media was based in that, like Indiana Jones, for example. Right. right. Uh, it was mostly anti-Nazism, and then all of a sudden it turns back to the story of these uh, just young men that decided we're not going to put up with this bullshit. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it isn't like <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it's it's very interesting now to be in an all-volunteer army like I was, because you know everybody there is legit mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, there's turds in any group, but mm -hmm. I was in the 82nd Airborne, so everybody has to, you have to get through a couple of things to get there in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we all know that everybody's pretty legit, but you know, when there's a draft going on, 
it's a bit different. You know what I mean? Because you're getting kids that were planning on becoming dentists and things like that, yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. they're thrust into combat. It's not a, it's not the best situation to be in. But yeah, it was interesting to see because uh, I was graduating high school when these uh, pieces of material were coming out. But my uh, my family has always been in the military. My grandfather, yeah. actually, my grandfather was um, in the Philippines. He jumped into Luzon. You know, around the same time as the Great Raid, we'll talk about that. Yeah, clean it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is—it's it, a good point. I never really thought about it that way. It did open up the conversation for these old dudes who just—it did, and it, it and it kind of inspired me. You know, I, I would say the unit mm-hmm. working on the unit was really when I started getting involved with veteran charities. But the but it definitely start it 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 sparked an interest and. Uh, you know, and and you say that the the military is voluntary, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it it's this is one of my things. It's like if if you if we're going to recruit uh, young men and women mm-hmm. to to enlist, you know, then you really got to take care of them when they get home. You know what I mean? Like this was this is this was so that's kind of been a, a focus of of mine for a while. You know? Yeah, we we uh, sort of dropped the ball on that. I mean, yeah, in the late 40s early 50s the gi bill and the va home loan kind of a lot of people credit it for creating the middle class in this country right Mm -hmm. because millions of dudes came back became the first people in their uh in their family to ever go to college uh and secured federally backed home loans and things like that now it wasn't it was a bit exclusive uh, unfortunately but you know then you move into it, it seems like there's some connection between the popularity of the war and how we take care of soldiers when they get home as mm-hmm. if they somehow decided the politics behind everything right. you know what i mean that's right. a little fucked right and that is fucked um yeah. now the well we'll get to, so the unit is funny we when i was deployed we watched that shit all the time as a matter of fact on our murder board on our whiteboard up in the front of our uh talk it said uh tiffy is a whore on there <laughs> for like <laughs> for like two months that's amazing uh, yeah uh, but so the Great Raid is the next one. That's where you met Clayne back yeah, there. Yeah. Um, where did you go? Where was that shot? Was so that we shot. We shot that in Australia. Okay. Um, we were there for uh, for six months. Whoa, six months. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Damn, that's a well. I mean, it's a lot. It, of, it's probably cheaper than flying people back because you got to fly first class when it's that far away, right? If it's over. Yeah. I mean, hours. once you're there, you stay. Yeah. It's you know, it's a, it's a it's one of the longer flights I've been on in my life, but. Um, no, we had, I mean, we had fun. We had, uh, and again, that was another learning experience. I mean, I, I wasn't familiar, you know, it's funny. It's like, you, you, I've been very fortunate to be part of these historical mm-hmm. films, you know, so I learned a lot going along the way, including 13 hours, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about, but, but it, you know, there was information in that movie that I wasn't aware of. Um, but yeah, the Cabana Twan, Cabana Twan death march and, and, uh, uh, just an incredible amount of history. Unfortunately, that movie was got a little bit buried mm. um there was uh it was at a point where i think bush was was up for re-election and i think that mm. they they didn't want to um assist in the process so yeah that's, they let um, it go but that's dumb yeah. um <clears throat> but that was uh yeah that is kind of a forgotten situation like i um my grandfather jumped into Luzon with the 11th Airborne, which ended up becoming so the the unit that jumped into Luzon, Philippines, is now the Airborne School unit, yeah. right? So that's the they they run the Airborne School now. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a forgotten. Actually, the Pacific Theater in general isn't really like we we all have the image of 
um, those Marines lifting the flag on, I think that was Iwo Jima, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we have that image, which was, you know, when you watch Flags of Our Fathers, it was kind of staged. The, yeah, right, the picture. Right, right, they, right, they did right. it, but then they had to do it again the next day or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is kind of uh, a forgotten part of it, which is interesting because that was the Nazis are brutal, but that but the, Japanese the, the Japanese they they were, were going to fight to the last vicious. Man, yeah, yeah, like it was it was no joke there. Yeah, it was like it that that's that was the closest we came to anything resembling suicide terrorism these days. Right? Yeah. Back in the day, people would surrender, you would be a POW, and you'd get released at the end of the war. Yeah. Japanese didn't seem to have any interest in that sort of thing. Yeah, we got we were given some books. I can't remember what they were initially when we started that, that film, but I remember reading uh, into it going, God almighty, these guys are fucking... Not uh, yeah, not joking around. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you get caught, it, it's you just kill yourself, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty yeah. brutal. And then you did uh, the what was it like working on the unit? That was so you you were on there for several years, five. Yeah, years, the four unit or five we, years? we did four, four we seasons. did four seasons of it. <clears throat> the unit was great, man. I mean that that was uh, it was a lot of fun because um, you know it, because it ran so long first mm-hmm. of all, but it was so big in the military and and. Uh, uh, you know, and my character popped. I was lucky. I mean, so you know, I I, I think also, you know, the the guy when we got there was based on Eric Haney's mm-hmm. book Inside Delta Force, the first right? sergeant major of the unit. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And uh, you know, uh, he the first thing that he said to us was like, "Look, you know, um, I'm going to tell a lot of my own stories in the show, and and we're not going to fuck it up, and we're mm-hmm. not going to make a mockery of of you know what's happening over there, and and." Uh, and so he was dead set on everybody getting their tactics down, you know, as, mm. as well, well as we could, and and uh, and you know, putting in 150 percent. So, um, I'm a like gun tactics mm. fanatic. Like <clears throat> I love doing all that shit. So for me, it was four years of you know Disneyland, and yeah, that's got to be fun. Oh god, it was so much fun, man. How how was it? Where who? Uh, the the cast is good. I mean, you got the cast some, was great. There, there were some uh, relative newcomers like Michael Irby hadn't done much up until that point. Yeah, uh, but Robert Patrick is a fucking legend. Legend. Yeah. Dennis Haysbert's a legend, yeah. right? I mean, so it was kind of a mixed group, I guess, in that regard. You had done multiple, like massive war movies at that point yeah come leading so into you had it, plenty of experience as well but there yeah. the it it did seem and i think scott foley was like a sitcom guy before that scott right? was scott was a and sitcom after, guy actually, yeah. yeah i mean you know he he uh i don't think he had a lot of experience behind mm-hmm. a weapon but i but uh uh, definitely Michael, you know, seemed to be a natural. He's, he's, I'm actually doing a movie in Louisiana right now that he's in, uh, with me. So we get to reunite on screen together. That's but, what it's being filmed now or? Yeah. We start production in, in about a week, two weeks. Uh, it's like a, it's like alien two kind of military okay. sci-fi deal. Um, but he's, yeah, super he's just coming off. Uh, mine's just wrapped. I think he just wrapped that. Yeah. yeah. That's five seasons on that. That's good too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So what, tell me more about this new one. Can you, can you, you got so any the new, the new one is called Osiris. Okay. It's, uh, it's basically, it's a team of, uh, I think they're actually contractors sort of are encapsulated on this, this, uh, alien warcraft and rights run down. They wake up and 30 years have passed and, and they end up battling these aliens on the ship. But when they get off the ship, they find out that, 
the the earth was attacked and that we lost mm. basically so uh but it's good man and they're dumping a lot of money into it and and who's the, got, uh, who's the who's doing it so the it's it's the same director that directed the channel okay which is the movie that clayne and i yeah, starred yeah. in and um and he's great. I mean, he he's you know he's fantastic with action. This is a lot of action. It's mm. a lot of you know gunfighting and and uh, yeah, he is. I mean, we can talk about it uh, now. The channel I watched it a couple of days ago. It's uh, you know the middle, even the up to the middle two thousands. Aside from your guys' show, the vast majority of anything that brushed up against the military, it still looked like dumbass 1980s stuff to me you yeah know what i mean yeah uh, i was like hip firing all the time yeah no like nobody in the film like look <laughs> i watched uh predator the other day because uh, it was the anniversary of predator uh, and, you know respect uh but uh th- these are like elite special operators and not one of them looked down their their uh sights at any point during really? the entire movie yeah you know right I mean? I so it's like it's still a good movie but these days you can't really get away with that stuff no you, you mean? can't you can't anymore um, but you, the fight scenes in the channel are really good yeah and you can tell i mean just the way the way the people hold the weapons and stuff you yeah. can tell somebody was standing around well let, dude this, this is out. the thing with these you know with these military films is that you you always do a boot camp Right. So there's there's generally generally a, a two week plus period of of unfucking the actors. Mm, right. Yeah. And it was exactly what they say. We got to turn these <laughs> actor wussies into real men. Right. So the, the, if you know, assuming you can do that in two weeks. So but we do. Uh, but you get, you know, these tech advisors that are former SEALs that are mm. former CAG guys that, you know, MARSOC, they come mm. in that, you know, when they uh, and they're they're determined to tweak every which i love which is but but it makes a difference because when guys like you watch Mm. the film you know it doesn't take you out of the movie it takes me out of the movie when i see somebody it probably does at this point right if you see somebody all dicked up i I can't watch it yeah uh i remember what was it the it wasn't the last rambo movie but the one before that where he shoots uh, an arrow at a 155 round and it blows up the entire goddamn jungle hilarious it's like come on man let's at least put some kind of effort into this um and some of these, uh, so the early ones that you did, war stuff, mo- more or less non-controversial, right? Yeah, um, probably 13 Hours was the most controversial. Y- yeah, certainly. Right? Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I know I know a lot of these guys. I know Tig and, uh, and, and Tonto and shit mm-hmm. and uh, Mark as well. It's like... They have their feelings about per- certain individuals in the U.S. government. Strong feelings. Strong feelings, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even uh, irrespective of that, the, the government, you, no, I don't think anybody can make the case that the government didn't fail those guys, right? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, right. it's, you know, I... I uh, you, you can pick who to blame about it, but there's blame, certainly. To, dude, to I, I have, I mean, I have a buddy that... Um, was a uh, very high. I probably shouldn't say it. Anyway, but mm-hmm. the, but but he basically told me that the minute that there there was a call, he had a team of guys in the air, out of Tripoli, mm-hmm. heading to Libya, and they were turned around midair. So you know, I don't know. I, I and I think I think there's still a lot of unanswered 
questions, you know, as far, I mean, even, you know, Mark and I talk all the time and, uh, you know, I don't think he's gotten resolved yet, but, but definitely a story that needed to get out. And I think, uh, and I think there was a lot of information, like, for instance, I didn't know that there was a drone feed to Washington the entire right, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. They had ISR the whole time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You I know. mean, that's something, that's something. Yeah. Um, Michael Bay's best movie. You think so, huh? I think so. That's the best one. I mean, look, yeah. the action scenes in that one are pretty fucking legit. Yeah. And it is, and it is. Uh, I wonder, as far as war movies go, what which one has the most live action combat in one film? I'm sure somebody tracks that somewhere, the amount of minutes. Because when the Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. released, they were like, yeah, this is the longest continuous fight scene in the history of television or something like that i'm sure somebody tracks that but i can't imagine the channel comes close it's got to right i Dude, mean that, it's, that it's pretty much scene, just a long like, gunfight I, I, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> there's like four scenes and then a gun gunfights yeah. which is i mean that's what i like to uh, me to me that's like eating a cheeseburger you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah. I, I maybe i shouldn't do this but it's fucking fun yeah you know? um yeah, I don't but know. I, I think I think I think uh, thirteen hours comes close. I mean, th- there were a to. lot of God. Yeah. There were some really long sequences in that film. Yeah, uh, and we do uh, so. Uh, one of our one of the sponsors of the show is actually Bub's Natural. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Glenn's charity. Yeah, uh, uh, and we've had Sean Lake was his roommate back in the day and his best friend, and he's come on the show a number of times and just told that story of how, uh, and it, and it's something that comes through in almost every one of these war movies and it is the um the proclivity for the best among us to put their own life aside and fucking sacrifices sometimes for other people Mm -hmm. just the i i guess what uh modern america would call toxic masculinity right Mm -hmm. like leveraging your aggression towards some kind of way to protect other people Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a it's kind of a kind of a vital part of our civilization Mm -hmm. and i like you're you're kind of you're you're in hollywood i wouldn't say you're a hollywood guy right thank you thank you (laughs) yeah you're welcome i'll take that uh how do you how do you skirt that line right because you most you make a lot of movies that you know have hollywood people working on them big budgets and things like that but the subject matter is pretty it's kind of counterintuitive to what hollywood if the, if somebody was to win an award for the thing and go up and accept their award, they may say something completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I uh, try to uh, stay apolitical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's it's interesting because when when uh, when we had we did a big press junket for thirteen hours in Miami and the studio. Uh, gave us talking points which were uh i thought interesting and it was and it was all about uh honoring uh the men that that were that fought talking about their bravery talking about what kind of a man it takes to 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 to, you know walk into a fight uh face a fight um so it was it was a lot look i mean I, I think that um, I think if you're going to represent that kind of a, a, a guy, you you know, you, a fighter, you have to a warrior, you have to uh, you have to embrace that mm. and, and uh, 
embody it as much as you can. And, you know, at the end of the day, look, I think there's guys that have that inherently, you know, that that uh, are going to inevitably be called for these projects, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know, whether they've been in, in that kind of a firefight or in that kind of a, you know, that sort of a that kind of danger. Uh, or not, they have uh, something that that translates, you know. That's that's uh, military guys like you respond to or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, this episode of Citizen is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran operated and supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, rounds, and delivery schedule anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. The best value you're going to get from Black Rifle Coffee is the coffee club. As again, you can choose the roast, whether you're like light, dark, or medium. You can choose the texture. You can choose whether you want uh, ground coffee, whether you want to grind it yourself and get whole bean, or if you use a Keurig and you want the coffee rounds and the delivery schedule with a wider uh, array of options for that. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. So go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, use the code CITIZEN, and get 20% off your first order. This episode of CITIZEN is also brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else, 30% off if you use the code Drinking Bros at GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. If you get the uh, 40% off deal, if you use the 40% off bundle deal, you're going to get uh, a mattress and all your stuff, your base, your sheets, your pillows, all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month. They've got a zero down, 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months, that's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com for slash drinker bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base where you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff. They got the best, the mattress protector, the weighted blanket. They have everything you need there. 30% off everything. Use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. This episode is also brought to you by first form Firstform.com forward slash drinking bros. The product they really want you using is the micro factor. It's a complete daily nutrient pack. Now, what's in it? Antioxidants, CoQ10, great for heart health, multivitamins, uh, greens and reds, which is to say fruits and veggies, then EFA, which is to say fats that you need. And then they got a probiotic in there as well. It's an easy little pack. You just dump it all in your fucking mouth and swallow, uh, probably with some liquid, preferably water. Um, they got all kinds of other great products as well. Uh, talking about those meat sticks, the breakfast sausage meat stick is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And then of course they have energy drinks. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. They got great protein, the best supplements on the market. If you spend over 75 bucks, you're going to get free shipping. So go to firstform.com forward slash drinker bros and get those deals. Well, we appreciate being represented in a way that's accurate. I'll try that. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, there's, there's lately there's more of it. Um, 
uh, SEAL Team does a good job as well. Do they? they? Yeah, they they have. I can't watch it. I only because I was on the unit, and and SEAL yeah. Team hasn't called me for some. Yeah, reason. that is weird. I'm like, how the fuck am I not on this show? I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll fuck. Do you know a guy? Uh, yeah, I might know a guy. Okay, <laughs> we've had everybody from that show on on. Have Jimmy you really? World, I think except for uh, Boreanaz, he's busy. Uh, um, playing beer pong up in fucking Syracuse or some shit, or doing <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, watching the fill, uh, Flyers get beat. Um, but yeah, that is weird. You haven't been on that one. Bizarre, bizarre. Isn't it? Yeah, what yeah, the hell? yeah. Even there's... even Michael uh, Irby was on for like even Irby three was three on. Episodes, I know. I think in season two or maybe I think yeah, season I must two, have yeah. pissed somebody off. <laughs> I don't know, um, and then you did uh, this, uh, and I think. I think this is the reason you came on Drinker Bros last to promote Sergeant Will Gardner. That's that right. right. Yeah. In 2018 that's right. or something yeah. like that. I think it was. Yeah. Um, tell me about that movie for people in the audience that haven't seen it yet. What, what's the What's the premise of that? So it's it's called Sergeant Will Gardner, and right. I, I think you can still find it on Amazon or iTunes, or whatever. But um, the, this is look, man. If I die tomorrow, this is the one project that I take with me that I'm most proud of because it's it, it was. Uh, it was inspired by you know two trips to the Middle East and and uh, very quick story. I met this kid on a tarmac that was uh, uh, Ranger, I think, mm. young guy, and uh, he was like, "Holy fuck, you're on you know the unit, blah blah blah." Mm. It's my favorite show, dude. You know, and I was like, and we exchanged information. I gave him my number. I'm like, "Stay in touch, man." And, you know, and so we stayed in touch. But he ended up uh, surviving two or three bomb blasts and and IEDs, and and came back uh, pretty banged up. Mm. And really spiraled downhill. And, uh, you know, at that point, we had a lot of eyes and ears, you know, as a result of that show. So right, I was yeah. like, fuck, let me, let me, um, let me write something that, you know, can, can, you know, my intention was to give to charities. You know, it's very difficult to get to that kind of money, but I tried. Right, yeah. uh, but, but, you know, what I did do and what was successful is that I, I raised a ton of awareness uh, for these charities that I support, mm -hmm. did raise some money. Uh, and, um, and, you know, and got this guy, this one fucking dude through so much, mm -hmm. uh, you know, turmoil and he ended up fighting and he ended up looking into, you know, he got in the cage and, you know, but he was having trouble. He was having sleep issues, anger issues. He couldn't hold a job. He fell homeless. You know, it was that story. And, uh, and so, uh, a lot of good came from that film. Mm. Now, that said, it was a, a lower bu budget film. Mm. We, did, we did it for like two and a half million bucks. You know, the, the, the flashback combat sequences needed a little more money. Mm. But, uh, but I think the film is impactful. The main character that I play, uh, is that inspired by the guy mm. I met on the tarmac? But I keep him heroic. Uh, he he uh, he reclaims his life. He inspires others to to reclaim theirs. You know, there's a solid message behind it, and there's a comedic through line, mm. so that it's digestible, so that it's not something that you know is hard to watch. Right? right yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. It's uh, I'm very proud of it. And Gary Sinise is in that one too. Gary Sinise uh, is in it. Robert Patrick's yeah, in it. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. I think Gary Sinise has probably raised more money for veterans' causes than any other human being on earth, to be I, honest. I, I, he's, he's uh, as a human being, is yeah. one of the most, uh, 
I mean, I, I, I don't know anybody like him, and I don't know anybody that does more for the military. Yeah. I mean, for years, like he's, um, I remember when I got out of the military, he was doing this, uh, this thing with Joseph A. Bank, where if you were a veteran, you just email his assistant or some shit, and mm-hmm. they send you a voucher, and you can walk into Joseph A. Bank and get a new suit. Hello, so you can amazing. Go, get, uh, go to job interviews and shit. Yeah, like that's who even thinks to do something like that? Yeah, you know I mean Lieutenant Dan, I guess. Um, but he's done. He he's continues to do stuff. There's a couple of guys in uh, Hollywood that are like that. He's one. You're one for sure. Robert Patrick's always been one. Although now he's he, all very involved, he mostly yeah. just hangs out at his fucking Harley dealership now. Yeah, fucking. He he loves it. Man. He 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 and I are part of a, a motorcycle club that we we've been members of for seventeen years now, and and uh, and mm. we do a lot for veterans actually. Yeah, what's we, the club called? Uh, it's called the Booze Fighters. Booze Fighter? Fighters. Fighters. Yeah. Okay. It's it's uh, it was established in nineteen forty six by veterans. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Um, know. Tell me about this because I don't know anything about this. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing organization, mm. man. I mean, and it's it's uh, it's not an outlaw club, but it's a three patch oh, yeah. club, and mm. uh, and. Uh, we're international mm. and uh you know like i said it just it we have a ton of veterans in this club and we do a lot for veteran charities and uh it's just uh you know robert's a big biker mm-hmm. i'm a big biker i've been on motorcycles since i was 15 and and uh and when we were shooting the unit you know he said hey man you know i was i was in a bar i wa- i was on a trip and i walked in this bar and i saw these booze fighters and i was like oh my god because i knew the the history of the club mm-hmm. and so i sat down with them and said hey what would it take to get the original chapter back to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. right? And so Robert went through the process of getting this chapter back to LA, and and uh, and which was not easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then came to me during the show and said, "Hey, do you want to be part of this thing?" And I was like, "I'm in one thousand percent." And and it's been, uh, it's you know, it's like the military; it's a brotherhood, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you got guys that have your back for life. Sure, it's, yeah. I mean, that's uh, one of the. Uh, our buddy Rocco, you know yeah. Vince Bar, you know yeah. Rocco, right? And from the Mayans. Yeah, yeah. He he's uh, they they had a story arc. I think it was in season four on the Mayans where he linked up with some of his buddies from back in the in the war, and you know, kind of animated that as well. It's like it's hard to find that kind of brotherhood when you get back. Yeah. Unless you just it's it's and it's also you know social media makes it easier to some degree, but it can be difficult to stay in contact with all the people. You yeah. Know what I mean? So we do this thing. Um, <clears throat> My friend Sarah Verardo, she runs the Independence Fund. They do a thing uh, called Operation Resiliency, which is um, veterans whose units had a particularly rough time or are having a rough time after the fact, mm-hmm. uh, which is more common actually. Um, they will pay for them to come back and do like a weekend retreat and reconnect with each other, do some therapeutic stuff, hang out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's but it's hard to they're they're a reason. So basically, bringing the the, the 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 brothers back together. Correct. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've done. I think. I think they're doing like twenty or thirty a year, or something like that. That's so great. it's a lot. I mean, it's and it's good, uh, but you know, at some point, it's just like anything else. You have to. You have to teach a man to fish, right? Because yeah. you got to become. I, this is the thing I I keep telling people. We're in this kind of victim mentality these days as a culture in what in the West, but nobody's coming to fucking save you, man. No one's coming. Like there's resources out there, but nobody's coming to save your ass. Whether you're 
a military veteran or a first responder or just somebody that had a rough childhood. Nobody's coming to save you. You got to, at some point, you're going to have to fucking do your own shit, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's... But there Sometimes are organizations sound, oh yeah, that yeah. are that are doing amazing work. You're right, but yeah. they won't come find you. But they're there yeah, yeah. when you're ready. And, yeah. and uh, well, what's some what you you work with a number of these organizations? Right? So look, I mean, there's three. You know, I it took me. I took a long time to vet organizations yeah. and and you know find three that I really believed in that were getting uh, you know assistance to veterans and not uh, you know. Didn't have huge over costs and administrative, you know, mm. costs that they were soaking up the money. So, the the three that I love are one is Gary's uh, Foundation, the, just the Gary Sinise Gary Foundation, Sinise Foundation. Yeah. and and so you know, for people that don't know, they go and buy houses and 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 outfit houses for veterans with you know that are missing limbs or you know with some kind of any kind of disabilities and uh, doing amazing work. Um, Warriors Heart Foundation out mm-hmm. of uh, Bandera, Texas, mm-hmm. started by uh, a CAG buddy of mine, and and so they also assist first responders. Yep. <clears throat> you have to have a drug or alcohol dependency to get right. in, but once you're in the program, then then uh, they deal with TBIs and PTS, and it's a yeah. I mean, uh, we, we've yeah we've worked with them worked quite with them? a bit. Yeah. Oh, in, in Black Rifle, I think had yeah, a thing yeah. yep. uh, for them. Yeah, we've so yeah, and and they're really good too. The brothers. The brothers uh, Delta, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to call yeah, them, down yeah, there. Yeah. they uh, their team does a good job of referring people as well. Like if you don't, te- we we've had some people with traumatic brain injury issues that don't have the drug addiction issue uh-huh. that they've helped get. So there's a good brain claim. Well, the big one used to be in Colorado. Now there's another one here up in Dallas, Fort Worth uh-huh. that a lot of people are going to, including the Undertaker and uh-huh. uh, a bunch of buddies of ours that aren't military veterans. So it's open to a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, what's the third one? And the third one is called Higher Ground USA. Mm-hmm. Um, they're based out of uh, Sun Valley, Idaho, and that's primarily that's recreational therapy. So they'll mm-hmm. they'll get, I mean, veterans out, you know, again that are that are amputees that, mm-hmm. that you know, and get them on skis and snowboard. Yeah. Just kind of show them that they are they don't have to give up that part of their life right they can they can they can still do stuff like that it's great that's uh that's good yeah i mean it's it's one thing to become successful and and um you know i i don't know i've seen there's a lot of people and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to talk shit necessarily but there's a lot of people who perform in the kind of films and television that you do that then will one, not give back to that particular community. Yeah. And then two, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them denigrate uh, the idea of like the Second Amendment and shit afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. made your career in, in war movies. Carrying like, guns. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Dude? Right. Like, well, I'll just say it. Sean Penn's a cunt. Uh, you don't have to comment on that. I hate that no. guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like there's a lot of people out there that do stuff that, that brush up against our community and then benefit from it, and then that, look. It's like a take a penny, leave a penny, dude. That's that's all it is. Yeah. If you come over here and siphon some of our fucking attention away, pay for it. That's it. Yeah. Right. And it's not 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 literally pay for but it. But he, he, here's the thing that that you know I think uh, is inexcusable is that you know you've got if you have 
people watching you, mm. right? You can lead by example, right? So that's that's all you have to do. Lead by example. Mm. Lend your fucking time, right? Take that's take a weekend. Part, yeah. Go be a celebrity at this charity mm. event for veterans, so that it attracts people to come out. You you know you take part in a few conversations. Mm. You get donors to donate money, and then you go home. It's mm. like it's not brain. It doesn't take a lot, you know. And it's, uh, I mean, look, it's you know. There's different levels of getting your hands dirty, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the easiest way to help. And then there's other ways to help in that you you actually go get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, I, I've done, I mean, I remember like going and taking, you know, two pickup truck full of MREs to, to homeless veterans in Los Angeles mm-hmm. when the encampments were f- like small cities, yeah. you know. But I mean, the, the, and you know, that give back is infectious, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I remember them, you know, I, veterans going, what are you doing? You know, like, mm. it, like just, uh, I can't, I'll get them, I'll start yeah, emotional yeah. if I think about it. But anyway. But it's the, you know, it is the ultimately your time. Right, the one resource that you can That's never get back. That's what you're getting. And I think people understand yeah. it, whether they, whether they think it specifically or not. I think people intrinsically understand that taught your resource of time is the one that's the most important. Right. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> now, what what got you into all this in the first place? The military stuff. Well, well, let's start with acting. What got you into acting in the first place? I mean, uh, you know, my mother. So my mother. Um, when my parents split, remarried, uh, and my stepfather who came into my life at about 10 was an actor director. So he was on a show called the Rockford files Mm. and, uh, and he played a character named angel that was like the convict, you know, kind of sidekick to, to Jim Garner, but he directed and he would throw me into stuff as a kid and go, Hey dude, go run over there and say this. And, (laughs) you know, so I, I mean, I I had exposure to Mm. it. Um, I didn't really get into it seriously until after college, and uh, and then I just got lucky, man. I mean, I I, I kind of I went to college for something else, but but the acting t- took off, and then Private Ryan for some reason, uh, you, you know, started this sort of chain of military movies, mm-hmm. and and uh, I just started getting picked for these things, and. You know, and then and then as a result, like I said, you know, just uh, I, I love training, and I and I think I, you know, I think that's what ultimately what it is. It's like you know, it's like you hold a weapon, right? Do the little things right, get mm. it right, re- represent right, and you know, and you guys appreciate it, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, the producers appreciate it, and and so uh, I've kind of built a career on it. There's definitely worse things to be typecast as, yeah, right? Because yeah. there's a, one, we're not going to stop making shoot 'em up movies, right? War Ever. or whatever, right? Yeah. That's going to that's yeah. a that's pretty good job security. Yeah. I guess if you know how to do it right. Plus, I'm sure it's easier for a casting director just to sign off on you knowing that you're not going to be a complete dum-dum when you come yeah. in, uh, uh, fumbling your weapon around and stuff like that. Um, one of the you know one of the things about the channel like Clayne and I were talking about this on the way over here is that you know it's it's got these amazing battle sequences but you know at the end of the day we're also actors right mm-hmm. so you know we bring uh 
or at least try to bring some humanity to the characters in the story and show, you know, the, the whatever kind of, you know, conflict they're having and resolve they end up with mm-hmm. at the end of the film. Um, but the channel actually has a lot of that in my, in my opinion. Like I thought our relationship on screen was really fucking cool. And, and you could uh, definitely tell that you guys have known each other for years. forever. And you this is what, what I told the director when it, so initially, um, he had hired me to play an FBI agent mm. and Klain had the offer for my role. And okay. I was like, Hey, this is our chance. Like, let's yeah. talk this guy into letting us play the brothers. And, uh, and that was my selling point. It's like, we've, you know, that was our fourth thing together mm-hmm. and uh we've known each other for 21 years and and you're not going to be able to find actors with that chemistry right yeah period so um did you by you you do play a really good psychopath thanks so man. congratulations thank on you that. um it definitely i i there's something familiar about that i'm character. always slaying people yeah just yeah. you know some people are into it i mean it's um the military is full of all sorts of different people you know some people are, you know, you know, I guess you have to twist their arm a little bit or they themselves internally have to twist their arms a little bit to do stuff. Some people just react to what's going on around them. Hmm. And then there are some people who are gladiators. You know what I mean? They just genuinely enjoy violence. And it's, you know, good for us that they're ethical people that are on our side. Right. I guess. Right. But it can it can break bad sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, if you feed that demon too much. Uh, that hunger never goes away, unfortunately. Now, you, so you guys have known each other for years. Uh, how much uh, did, did you guys ad lib a lot of the dialogue? Because you fucked with each other quite a bit. We fuck with each other all the time. We try to turn everything that we do into a comedy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard yeah, to, yeah. To, to not. I mean, yeah. so probably steer away from anything too. Don't do like a Holocaust film or anything. Oh my god, like that, no, that right, wouldn't exactly. work out yeah, at all. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, y- uh, <laughs> We had, let's see, so we've known each other 21 years. We did uh, we did the Great Raid together, mm-hmm. which was the World War II film. We did a movie called Spectral together. Oh, Spectral's great. Which That's was another great. James Badgedale. That's right. So yeah, crossover yeah, yeah. with that one too. Yeah, he's a good buddy of ours. Mm-hmm. And um, we did a pilot for HBO uh, for Alan Ball, and we in this movie. Okay. Well, it's, that's a lot of experience together. Yeah. You, you could tell it really does come through on screen. I like stuff like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's nice to um, it's nice to see. It's like uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon doing a movie That's together right. again. You know what I mean? Uh, have you seen what what's it called? What's the new one? The Michael Jordan one? Oh, uh, Air. Air. Yeah. Air. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you have you seen that yet? I haven't seen you it. You should yet. watch it. It's pretty fucking funny. I have. I mean seen the char- the characters they both play. I don't know. Uh, ben Affleck's character is a fucking weirdo. Yeah. And uh, Matt Damon's character is like a dumpy fat dude. Yeah. So it's that part of it's difficult, but you could definitely feel the on-air chemistry. I just did a, a movie with, uh, with during the the pandemic with Ben Affleck called uh, The Tinder Bar that George Clooney directed, and uh, it's hilarious because at one point I was like, they were he, Clooney was giving me direction, and he and Ben Affleck were behind the the monitors, and I was like, I got two Batman. Staring at me right now, trying to give me direction. It was it was one of the only times that I've really ever gotten starstruck. Yeah. Did like, you oh, try shit. to start shit between them? No, like just, I when didn't they're try. Standing there, go like, "Hey, Ben, you know what? You were my favorite Batman." Sorry, George. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, the the setup was there. We uh, we did. A, I had this one scene where I beat Ben Affleck up, and and uh, 
we didn't rehearse it and Clooney was mm. like just get out of the car come around the car flick a cigarette boom hit him hook right drop him kick him and uh he goes let's do it and I was like we're not gonna re- rehearse it and he goes no no you got it you got it I was like oh god don't hit Ben Affleck don't hit him don't hit him because you don't know right yeah. you don't know how he uh how close he gets and, yeah, yeah. you know anyway how was that anyway. uh uh how was the reception of that? I haven't seen this movie. It's a good film. It was it was based on a book uh, of the same name, and uh, and it's a true story about the author's life, basically growing up in bar culture mm-hmm. in uh, uh, in Boston, I think, um, or Long Island, one of the two. Mm. Um, but but really interesting, it, good movie. You know, I don't know how well it did, but but uh, it, it, cool character for me. I play a disc, a disc jockey with kind of you know chain smoking, boozing, shitty father. You know, fun character to play. But it kind of sounds like. Um a Bronx tale almost. Yeah, a little right? bit. Where there's yeah. like a surrogate father situation going yeah, on. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it that's was. That's interesting. Yeah. And this is this guy's uh, real life story, though. It is, oh, yeah. Yeah, the book's amazing. And what else uh, What else do we have coming down the pipe? Oh, man, I'm in uh, a season of Bosch Legacy. Oh, they're Co- bringing that back. Coming, that's yeah, good. season two. That's so, a great show. Um, so I have that coming out and uh, in the channel and i think that's it yeah and then you've got this other uh uh osiris that's in oh and osiris it's in pre-production now technically i guess yeah yeah that's coming out so that well we haven't shot it yet but yeah that'll be in the pipeline and what's uh you know now that you've you know you've done a lot of stuff you've been in big stuff you've been in indie stuff what do you what's what keeps you i guess sharp and motivated and stuff and what are your goals moving forward oh my god i mean kids yeah you know keep me sharp motivated yeah, yeah moving trying to pay move for forward, college and pay shit. for college <laughs> all yeah all of it um i have no you know what i what i really want to do man is i my my son my oldest is in film school in, okay. in um, new york city is he at nyu he's at school of visual arts okay which is cool, a, yeah. a really cool yeah. um, art school um and he wants to direct <clears throat> So my dream probably from, you know, going forward will be to like do stuff with him, you okay. know, and collaborate with my kid and, and, uh, he's super talented and, and, uh, and then his, my little guy wants to get into sports management. So he's looking at, at the programs at, you know, university of yeah. Oregon, I don't know where else, Boston. Uh, yeah, I don't actually know anything about that. How do you even know Yeah, I don't that? know. I think much, you just know the right people and then. Yeah, it kind of works out. Maybe I don't. Here's know. what I know: You'll, I'll be getting uh, sideline passes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all. That's that what I know. Yeah, 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 that's an investment in your future. Yeah. Who, who's your sports teams? Who you like? Oh my God! You know, I was a a longtime Cowboys fan. Uh, Romo and I had to break up because I couldn't I couldn't watch them anymore. And then uh, I went to the Broncos, which okay. a lot of my buddies were. And I love the Mannings. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Peyton, you know, crumbled. It's it's been a it's been. But you know, I buddy, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be very honest with you. I I haven't watched a game uh, since uh, Kaepernick took a knee. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, it's going on. That was too hard for me to digest. It's going on, and the well, the only other. I guess basketball did it a little bit, but they they put the kibosh on that pretty quickly. Yeah, um, 
I just like, I was like, I, I, I you know, uh, you got, th- this is, I, I don't know, I, I, not to get into it, you know, but it was a, this it, is a that was a tough one for me to swallow. And as soon as everybody started taking knees, I was like, you know what, I, I, I know too many guys that can't take knees because they don't have them. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? I think the only sport that's really still pushing it is the WNBA, but nobody watches that shit anyway. Right. You know, so, <laughs> that's right. Um, they're not going to lose viewers because right. there are none. Um, so, you know, looking into the future here, there's a lot of stuff going on politically in, in America, but you, I think a lot of people are having trouble telling relevant stories yeah. right now without it weaving into some of this. I'm tired of hearing about all the political shit mm-hmm. in, in sports and when I go to the movies, some, some look, if it's a movie that's great, it doesn't matter what the subject matter is, to be honest. But there are, it does seem like the lowest common denominator stuff right now. Like, oh, let's make a movie about this or that because it's politically divisive. So some people will go watch it. I mean, how do you navigate that stuff? You know, I mean, are, are, are do you work on, is, is there a part of you that wants to write your own material and do your own material? Yeah, and point? I do that. And I do that. I mean, I, I have, you know, projects that I'm trying to sell and, mm-hmm. you know, and that I want to do with buddies and, and, uh, you know, and I, and I, I know enough people, you know, in the business now to get projects going mm-hmm. and, and raise money. So it's not easy. Um, but I do that. And, you know, I, look, it's like I, as an actor in Hollywood right now, you have to stay very neutral and, and, you know, let it play out, you know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. There's one that I really want to see that I haven't seen any talk about. It's a prequel to man on fire. Mm. Right. So it's like, what's it called? There, there is, it's not a thing. It doesn't oh. exist. So, you know, but you know, man, oh, on yeah, fire. yeah. You want, you, not, you not want the original, that, right? not the original, the Denzel Washington. Yeah. The version. Denzel one. Yeah. Uh, I want to see, so I want to see John Kreese's time at the agency Interesting. and all the shit he does. Yeah. Like all the fucked up shit. Interesting. That would be good. Nobody's ever even talked about, I don't know who owns the IP to that, but yeah. that seems like a pretty, they're, they're rebooting everything now. Yeah. So why like that? That's one of the, I, to me, that's one of the best shoot 'em ups ever. Um, it's a great film. Yeah. Just the story arc, and obviously the everybody that is in it is really good as well. Yeah. But um, do you ever did like for source material? There's real stories. There's stuff you just come up with, and there's inspired by there's novels. There's so like many that. stories. I yeah. mean, there you know I have, but you know, I, especially in social media, like I'll get hit up by guys that that have incredible stories. You know. Um, it's, it's so hard to get a movie made. It it really is. And you know, it's like, and it's years and years of, of, uh, unless, unless you're George Clooney or unless you're somebody that can just say, Hey, I want to do this. You know, um, I'm not quite that guy yet, but, um, but, uh, yeah. And I mean, endless, uh, you know, stories that inspire and, you know, I'll do more, you know, I'll figure it out. Um, well, look, Tell me again about the channel. What what is it exactly? So Wait it's for, the, like, it's what's a, your elevator pitch. It's a bank heist film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's two uh, former Marines that that you know one is uh, is doing it for the right reasons. The other is doing it for the wrong reasons. And you know, one has a family. The other is you know did some time in prison. And and uh, and they go in and and. Uh, 
tear this bank up and then end up, you know, on the run. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's a simple story, but uh, it's pretty captivating. And the, and the relationship, like I said, between Clayne and I is really mm-hmm. kind of dynamic. So I think uh, I think it makes for great entertainment. It's available Friday on all the uh, streaming platforms. Friday the fourteenth. Friday the fourteenth. Everywhere. A theatrical release as well. And right? there is a small theatrical yeah. release. Yeah. So it'll be in like major cities. I'm, I'm sure L. A. New York. You know, New Orleans. I'm sure got a theater and uh, so yeah you if you might be able to find it in, in a theater and you guys just did the premiere in New Orleans uh, what we was it Monday yeah how was that great yeah <laughs> boozy but uh, yeah but uh, no it was fun they are, yeah. um, but it, it and everybody went crazy for it so good man well yeah. look congratulations on all that Thank and thanks you, for like representing our community well thank you over the years we really appreciate it and thanks for giving back as thank well thank you taking the time to come on shows like this and you know all the charity stuff you do we really appreciate it thank you and uh thank you all for listening this has been citizen